Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Small Talk podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and we're ready. We're back for another episode. Can you believe it? It's actually happening. It is Wednesday at the moment, midweek, little hump day podcast treat for you. And I thought I'd jump on the pod because, well, firstly, I just want to have a catch up. But secondly, there's been some quite interesting news about Sebastian Vettel that has been announced this afternoon. And I thought, who best to talk about it with? then the official Sebastian Vettel fan club, otherwise known as the Small Talk Podcast listeners. Yes, uh, Sebastian Vettel has been put down to do a commitment at the Nordschleife later this year, which we're going to get into on the podcast. But firstly, you know the drill. Let's get ourselves a cup of tea. Let's get ourselves settled. Do you know what? It's, It's quite hot in the UK. I know I sound like a proper Brit being like, oh, it's really warm because it's gone over like 20 degrees. But it is pretty toasty. So I'm going to allow you to treat yourself. Don't have a cup of tea if it's too hot. Why don't you make yourself a lovely little cheeky Aperol spritz? Or you could go for a beer. Could be non-alcoholic if that's your tipple of choice. But get yourself something a bit bit chilled, a chilled beverage for this podcast. And I'll see you on the other side. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I've got my drink of choice. I've actually gone very boring. I've gone for a glass of water, so I shouldn't really be telling you guys to get all these fancy drinks when I've literally just gone for a bog-standard glass of water. But anyway, we're back for another episode. And before I get into the Sebastian Vettel chatter, I need to talk to you about Le Mans, guys, because I gave Le Mans a chance this weekend. It was the Centurion edition of Le Mans. And I said on the podcast last time that I was going to give it a try, maybe watch the first couple of hours, see how I go on, because I've always really struggled with endurance racing. I don't know what it is. Maybe I I said it, maybe it's because my attention span just isn't there. But oh my blimming God, Le Mans was amazing. I found myself watching like as much as I could. I went to bed at 2am and got up really early so I could continue watching it. It was insane. Like, I, I put a tweet out to say, I 
is it normally this chaotic, this much carnage in races? And lots of people were saying, no, 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 like this is quite something. But we had a bit of everything. We had rain falling, which made for like almost a Le Mans ballet because all of the cars started spinning around because they had slicks on. We had cars crashing. Uh, I I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because the championship is still very new to me. But, you know, we had some of the front runners being involved in incidents and it was just crazy. But at the end of the day, the winners of it overall in the hypercast class were Ferrari, which is amazing. I am so happy to see a Ferrari back on the top step of a podium again. I can say that much. And also some familiar faces within that team as well. We had Antonio Giovinazzi, who, you know, since he lost his Alfa Romeo seat, has been a little bit anonymous. He came over to Formula E. He joined Dragon, which... As somebody who knows a fair bit about Formula E, I knew that that signing was going to be probably not the best for him. It's a team that was normally at the back of the grid and as a result, like, yeah, things didn't go his way. I think he was maybe the only person in that whole season that didn't score a point that was like a full-time driver. So yeah, poor Antonio went through a bit of a bumpy patch, losing his F1 seat, having a rubbish chance in Formula E. But fortunes have changed for Italian Jesus, which I'm really happy about. And so, yeah, he was part of the winning team. Also in the Ferrari team, I believe it was James Collado. Two sex, Ted. Let me just have a quick gander because I should have done my research before I started recording. Okay, this is from Ferrari.com. So this seems like a fairly reliable source. It wouldn't be a small talk podcast if I didn't have to Google something while I was midway through an episode, would it? Yes, so it was the number 51 car with James Collado, Antonio Giovinazzi and Alessandro Pierre Guidi. I hope that I'm pronouncing that right, but I am probably butchering it. But yeah, they won the most famous endurance race in the world. And has to be said, I want to go to Le Mans now. I really want to go next year. So if anybody else is listening to this and fancies a trip to Le Mans next year, like, Hit me up, let me know. We'll, we'll organise a massive small talk group trip. We can all go camping and enjoy the 24-hour race because that seems like a lot of fun. But I think there are a lot of people as well watching it for the first time this year. So Le Mans couldn't really have asked for much better than the race that it put on. But yeah, amazing job. We also had like the NASCAR that was taking part with Jensen Button that did really well. And it's just so nice to be able to tune into Le Mans and previously... You know, covering lots of different championships, I've got to know who certain drivers are that if you just solely watch Formula One, you might not have a clue who Alexander Sims is, for example. No offence, Alexander Sims. You're a lovely man. But um, you might not know him. But where he did a stint in Formula E and a successful stint in Formula E, I may add, I see him on the on the grid and I'm like, oh, Simsy, I've got to make sure I support Simsy. So that's really cool. Little side note, Alexander Sims, I ended up going on a night out with him once in Rome. That's why his name came to mind. And... That that boy knows how to party. I'll tell you that much. It was a good fun. Yeah, like it's really cool to be able to sort of look across the whole field of people that have entered Le Mans and go, oh, I know that person. Let's see how they're getting on and all that sort of stuff. So really cool event. And um, I'm so, so glad that I gave it a chance this year. So well done, Le Mans. You definitely delivered.
Okay then, shall we talk about Sebastian Vettel? Red Bull Germany teased this on their Instagram like a day or so ago and it sent social media into a bit of a meltdown mainly because although Sebastian Vettel has his own Instagram now which still feels like a fever dream he doesn't seem to be doing much with his life after Formula One and like I get it you know this isn't a criticism babes take your time off enjoy your time with your family on your little farm I can imagine he's got a little allotment that he cares for and all of this sweet stuff his little bumblebees which actually reminds me I really hope that we get to see an update of this bumblebee hotel that he did uh, near the Austrian Grand Prix which is in a couple of weeks time but that's a little side point but yes Sebastian Vettel is just he's enjoying the retired life and I do not blame him but that means that whenever we get a kind of update with what he's doing it's like really big news because yeah we don't hear from him much so this this picture was teased on the rebel germany instagram page and it was a picture of like a person with the typical sebastian vettel helmet design carrying it under his arm and it had like the white base with the german stripe on it which was sort of synonymous with sebastian vettel especially towards like the end of his formula one career the thing that lots of people got excited about was the tiny little blonde curls that you could see in the corner of the photo and that got a lot of people excited and sure enough sebastian is going to be driving an f1 car around the nurburgring at a special event in september this year now he's not just driving any old f1 car he is taking his title winning rb7 car around the nurburgring at this event which for lots of people you know he drove that car in 2011 that's when he won his second world title and I think I saw a tweet actually let me see if I can find it that that was the car that he nicknamed Kinky Kylie which I'm still not over the fact that we never got to find out what Seb named his final few cars in F1 like he had such a yeah Kinky Kylie that was a tweet from um, Jens Munzer Designs who does a lot of Sebastian Vettel's helmet designs but Sebastian Vettel named each one of his cars and we never found out what he named his final few and I know I kept going on about it but I really wanted him to call his Aston Martin Paloma after Anna de Armas in the James Bond films because I'm in love with her and I love that name and I just think Paloma for an Aston Martin it's not a bad name in fact let's go through some of Sebastian Vettel's car names in the past because you might not be aware of the names that he called them 2008, this is in his Toro Rosso, that was called Julie, very nice. We then had Kate or Kate's Dirty Sister, so it was under two different names in 2009, so that was his first Red Bull. We then had Luscious Liz or Randy Mandy, <laughs> which was there in 2010. 2011, which is the car that he's taking around their Ring, was Kinky Kylie. We then had Abby, just Abby, nothing... I don't know what you could have as something Abby, but just Abby in 2012. We then had Hungry Heidi in 2013, Susie in 2014, Eva 2015, apparently Margarita in 2016. I'm guessing that's after the drink and not the pizza topping, but who knows with Sebastian Vettel, eh? We then had Gina in 2017, Loria, Loria in 2018, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, Lena in 2019, Lucilla in 2020, 
And then Honey Rider in 2021, which is named after the iconic Bond girl. But yeah, we never found out the name in 2022. So I don't know if there'll ever be a chance for me to meet Sebastian Vettel, but I feel like that's going to be up there with the top of the questions that I have to know. Because I think he said like he didn't really come up with a name, but I'm like, Seb, you can't be doing all of these names. You can't call a car bloody Hungry Heidi or Kinky Kylie and then not name your final F1 car. Come on, mate. Yeah, sorry, I've got off way off the subject here, but... But Seb is going to be reunited with his RB7 for this Red Bull festival in September. Now, Seb's actually not going to be the only F1 driver that's going to be doing this event. Daniel Ricciardo, Mr. Honey Badger is going to be there as well. It's basically telling me, Katie, the universe is is telling you, you have to go to this event. And I'm not going to lie, I did have a look at my calendar. So it's taking place September, I think it's the 8th and 9th. Hold on, let me pull up the actual dates that would be really helpful wouldn't it so it's called red bull formula nurburgring 2023 and it is happening on the 9th of september this website says this is the official red bull website i do actually have a concert on the 7th of september which is busted um for people outside the uk you're probably gonna think who the hell are busted but for me there's a lot of childhood memories linked to that band that was my favorite band i cried when i saw they broke up which was on news round which once again this is all very niche if you're you you get these references if you're british but i'm sorry for the other people that are listening that are like katie babes what are you on about i do kind of want to go to the busted concert so i might have to do like a really early morning flight to germany to the circuit um because i don't want to miss this this is amazing and my whole social media has been full of people saying exactly the same thing. So as well as Ricardo driving the RB8 show car, you're also going to have Seb doing this show run in September as part of the Nürburgring 12-hour weekend. And what's even cooler about this is that it's going to be the first time we see F1 cars at the Nürburgring in over a decade. It's super exciting and it's such a historic circuit. We've seen a few people do laps of it when we went to the Nürburgring with Formula One in 2020. I feel like we went there with the pandemic. It's like a really cool blending of two worlds and I'm super psyched to see how both Daniel and Sebastian get on. Yeah, it feels like a million years ago that Formula One had the Eiffel Grand Prix in 2020 and that was hosted at the Nürburgring, which was the former German Grand Prix venue. Didn't Ricardo get a podium there? Oh my gosh, honestly, what would I do without my laptop and just randomly Googling stuff whilst I'm in the middle of an episode? He did. He got his podium there. I think that was the one where he forgot to do a shoey. Tut, 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 Daniel Ricciardo. Honestly, I remember seeing that clip of him speaking to Lawrence Barreto after his podium and Lawrence was like, you didn't do a shoey. And he like the look on his face when he was thinking, oh my gosh, he did not do a signature move on the podium. But yeah, Eiffel Grand Prix, that feels like a million years ago. Now, like I said, Seb is quite happy in retirement, but he is showing his face. He was at the Monaco Grand Prix, in fact, only a few weeks ago with his dad, Norbert, who is just the cutest man alive and I won't hear otherwise. But he has been making a few appearances here and there. He, of course, did the Race of Champions earlier this year with the lovely Mick Schumacher. Those two just are the dream team. But he's also going to be appearing at the Goodwood Festival of Speed later next month where he's going to be taking two of the classic cars that he actually owns because Seb has got 
I don't know how big his collection is, but he's clearly like a sucker for F1 history. But he's going to be taking the 1993 Senna McLaren up the hill, as well as the 1992 Williams 14B, which... Oh, that's just such a beautiful car but he's going to be taking both of those to Goodwood next month which normally I'm at Goodwood but I believe it clashes with something else and I'm okay just internally processing it now that I'm not going to be there and Goodwood is actually not too far from me not to give away where I live but it's really not that much of a journey for me But anyway, on the subject of Sebastian Vettel, I actually made this week's question of the week all about Sebastian Vettel. Now, truth be told, I actually forgot to do a question of the week, which this is a brand new segment for the Small Talk podcast. In case you haven't caught up on last episodes, I'm going to be doing a question of the week every week on social media, and then your answers will be read out on the podcast. So it's a chance for you to get a little bit of a shout out and also, I don't know, have like a little community discussion going on. But me being me, I actually forgot to post a question on Monday. And so I did it in a bit of a rush today, but it's fine because it's actually worked out really well. But follow uh, the podcast, Small Talk Podcast on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to get involved in future questions of the week, when I hopefully remember to post them on a Monday. Um, But the question that I asked today was, do you think Sebastian Vettel will be making a return to Formula One? I thought that was very appropriate. And so these are some of your answers. Kevin July, he was just honest and open from the start. He said... Probably never again as a driver, sadly, but he would make for an amazing contributor. I really like the idea of him as the head of sustainability, as was rumoured in the news recently. He would be perfect for the role and turn it into something that has a real benefit for the sport, its image and reputation. It's always talked about how the calendar isn't environmentally friendly, but I'm sure he could inspire real change with his experience and personality. I totally agree with you, Kevin. I think that I'm guessing that's your name. I hope it is. But yes. Great point. Bet underscore Portainer31 on Instagram said, I think it would be interesting if he returned as the head of the Red Bull Driver Academy, replacing Helmut Marco. He seems like he'd be a great mentor and talent seeker, which I also love that. Th- this man, he's going to be busy. If he's not going to be racing, people are going to be snapping him up from all areas because he is such a valuable asset. Jess Reed17 just saying, nah. I'm pretty sure that he's done, had a good time of it, but the Ferrari years took the fun from racing and it seems that he's been able to fill the void of racing with plenty of other stuff, that is fair. In fact, let me have a look and see if there's a single one that said that he will come back as a driver. Vicarious George has gone with a really random answer, but these are the ones that I like because you're going to get a shout out. If you give me a really strange answer to my question then likelihood is you're going to stand out. Vicarious George said, yes, he will. He likes really nice cheese, like Tesco's finest, and it's not cheap. He will come back so he can buy more brie. (laughs) Absolutely fair enough. Faves of Leah said, I don't think that he'll ever return. Formula One is heading in a direction that is putting money as the main target. And I think that if he associates himself with F1 as a director of anything or anything other than a driver, he is putting his image of a simple man at risk and destroying the good he has done over the last years. I'm not saying that associating with F1 is bad. I'm just saying that I don't think their visions align anymore. Interesting. And now over to Twitter. Let's see what you guys have been saying over there. Alex, which is at Split Time, said, I can definitely see 
see him in a youth slash educational role, something like with Girls on Track, working with kids to promote STEM and crossing motorsport tech with positive messages and then has posted this with a picture of Seb in his same love t-shirt, which is one of my favourites that he ever wore. Oh my gosh, we have somebody that thinks he'll return as a driver. Thank goodness this isn't just going to be completely one-sided. Way too speedy on Twitter said yes, purely because he loves the sport too much to leave it behind completely. And yes, I like that mentality. I said recently on the Last Lap podcast that I thought that he might be snapped up by Audi when they come into Formula One in 2026. Imagine that it would literally be like the Michael Schumacher times two, be like deja vu of ex-German Formula One world champion makes a comeback with a German team just like Shumi did with Mercedes and yeah I'm not saying it would be a successful partnership but I feel like if Seb was going to make a return something like that with Audi could be really good and then I also said that I thought that maybe Carlos Sainz could join him there because Carlos Sainz has got some Audi links already with Papa Sainz and Daddy Sainz is doing Dakar with Audi at the moment and you've also got Andreas Seidel who he previously worked with at McLaren and yeah maybe they could snap him up imagine that a lineup of Vettel and Sainz that would just be dreamy but yes that's my ideal situation but the reality is that he probably has retired wants some time with his kids he had such a beautiful send-off and maybe in his in his mind like that was a good way to end a chapter I always think with like tv shows and stuff and I guess this will go for like Sebastian Vettel's career it's always better to end it on a positive note like I'd much rather that a tv show finished maybe slightly prematurely, but allows you to kind of think in your head, this is what happened. Like Ted Lasso, for example, I like the fact that not everything was left answered at the end of the end of the show. I won't give any spoilers in case you haven't watched it yet. But yes, Ted Lasso, I love that show. I feel like it finished at just the right time. Same thing with Fleabag, another fantastic show. Only had two seasons and that was just enough. But sometimes you get shows and they just keep going and keep going and the scripts get weaker, characters decide to leave and it just kind of sours it a little bit towards the end. Sometimes Formula One drivers are very much guilty of that, right? They stay a bit past their sell-by date. People that come to mind, don't shoot me, Felipe Massa. Like, I know that he didn't make that decision to sort of come back. Like, he, he was intending to retire before he got brought back for another year with Williams. But also somebody like Kimi Raikkonen, maybe. Should he have just left Formula One after he didn't get his seat renewed with Ferrari? In my opinion, yes. But, you know, these drivers, they just love F1 so much. And plus, Fernando Alonso is a great anomaly to that because lots of people might say after his McLaren Honda times and things like that that maybe he kind of done his bit and maybe it was time to hang up the helmet but look at him now he's thriving so just shows what I know maybe Sebastian Vettel should just end his Formula One career there and like like people have said come back in an advisory role of some sort maybe he can um come back and be a co-host of the small talk podcast that would be a nice job for him i can't pay him as much as probably somebody like red bull would be able to you know i feel like we'd have some good chats on this podcast but anyway i'm gonna wrap this up here the main takeaway is that sebastian vettel will be back in our lives in some form and some capacity when he takes his rb7 to the nurburgring festival in september which is a great piece of news i hope that you have enjoyed this episode thank you as ever for all your lovely comments on the most recent one 
I really have been taken aback by how many of you reached out for the most recent episode. That's very kind of you. And uh, take care. Have a lovely rest of your week. Enjoy the Canadian Grand Prix this weekend. It is one of my absolute favourites. Definitely up there in my top three racetracks that Formula One go to. And I will be back with another episode next week or potentially before then. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I can just about do an episode a month here. I don't know why I'm promising so many more episodes. But anyway, have a great evening, afternoon, morning, wherever you are. And I will speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.